0: In our service today, we are in the middle of a sermon series entitled, By Faith. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And so our topic today in the By Faith, the hero of faith that we'll be looking at is Noah. And as we think about Noah and what he did and how he, by faith, built the ark, we'll go back to Genesis chapter 7 for our first reading, Genesis 7, 1 to 7. And what we see here is in the middle of the story of the flood, which takes up four chapters in Genesis, chapters 6 through 9, we see Noah and his family obediently entering the ark, knowing that God would keep them safe. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the floodwaters came on earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood." This is the word of our Lord. Our second lesson is written for us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Here, we hear about God's protection of Noah in the face of hostility. As Noah became a preacher of righteousness, letting people know that the judgment was coming and that through God and his promises, they could escape. But there were also false false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its godly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. This is the word of our Lord. Our gospel lesson is recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. When I think about Noah and seven other people standing alone against the world, that had to be a very, very difficult feeling, a lonely feeling for Noah. And yet he knew God's promise, a promise that's repeated by Jesus here to you and me today, that God is surely with us always. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Amen. Before I get started, I should just tell you, usually when I'm sitting up here, the camera's like right here and I'm just looking at this. So it is just amazing just to be able to look over the whole, the whole congregation from, from right to left and see people. So yeah, thank you for that. Today, we're continuing with our sermon series on by faith and we've been touring God's hall of faith, stopping at each of these verses that introduces us to a new person in God's hall of faith. So far, we've seen the definition of faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. We've talked about creation, the fact that it is by faith that we believe that the universe was formed at God's command. We've talked about Abel and we've talked about Enoch, and today our topic is Noah. It's almost hard to fathom, isn't it, what God asked Noah to do? Before he had seen a drop of water from the rains of the flood, God asked him to build an ark. This wasn't a small boat. It was a three-story floating zoo that was longer than the length of a football field. And yet, Noah obediently built that ark. The writer to the Hebrews explains why Noah is included in the hall of faith with these words. I suppose if Noah had a plaque in God's hall of faith, this would be the description on that plaque. Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith." The text starts and lets us know that Noah had been warned about something and built the ark in fear. I wanted to think just a little bit about that word this morning, that word fear. Fear can have a lot of different effects on us, can it? But it's harmful. I wasn't there, I wasn't the one who took this picture, But as you take a look at this picture, you probably can guess that the person in the kayak might have paddled faster than he had ever paddled before in his life, right? Fear can do that. But fear can also paralyze us, can't it? Make us so afraid that we don't want to do anything. And fear has been a frequent visitor to our world over the past three months, hasn't it? So many things that the devil wants us to feel afraid about. Whether it's health or the tensions in our country, whether it's employment, where our paychecks are coming from, maybe it's just friends and relatives who we haven't seen and we don't know how they're doing. Those fears can easily come into our mind. And so this morning, what we want to see through the example of Noah is how to overcome those fears. Where do we turn when those fears try to get the better of us? And Noah is a great example for us. Noah's fears were exposed by his faith. And by his faith, Noah did exactly what God wanted him to do because he trusted God's promises. So this morning with Noah, let's build an ark. As we see Noah building his ark, let's think about metaphorically building our own ark and we'll do it in these two ways. First of all, standing on God's promises. And then secondly, knowing our inheritance. Noah was warned by God about this impending destruction, that God was going to send a flood. And I imagine what that must have sounded like to Noah. As far as we can tell, Noah would have lived in a pretty dry climate. It's possible that in his entire life, Noah had never even been to the sea, a body of water. It's also pretty sure that Noah had never seen a flood, at least not one that covered the mountaintops. And so Noah's wondering how? How is this all going to happen? How is this going to come about? And yet, in spite of those questions, he began building this ark. At God's direction, he started constructing this gigantic structure that he and his family and pairs of animals were going to be saved in. The writer to the Hebrews tells us how. Noah did this in holy fear. I want to think about that kind of fear just for a second. It's a godly fear. It's a godly fear that stands in awe of God and listens to the words of God and trusts those words. And one more step. What Noah's holy fear of God did, what this godly fear did for Noah is it galvanized him into action. You see, Noah trusted God. He took God at his word and when God said there was going to be destruction, there was going to be this judgment of a flood, Noah said, then I better get busy. He believed that God would do exactly what he said. And so Noah built this ark. Even not having seen any evidence that a flood was coming, he built this ark to save his family. You see, Noah, without seeing it, was certain and sure of what God was saying. The very definition that the writer to the Hebrews gives us for faith. Maybe you noticed as we read through that verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, that the writer to the Hebrews says that Noah condemned the world by what he did. So that we understand this properly, it wasn't Noah's goal. He didn't want people to suffer. He didn't want people to be destroyed by the flood. And it's not what God wanted either. God gave the world 120 years to repent from the time that he announced the flood to Noah to the time that the flood actually came. But the way Noah condemned the world is by standing out. His faith singled him out in a world that had turned its back on God. The lesson we had before in Second Peter chapter 2 told us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness in his generation. We're not told exactly what that means, but I wonder. As Noah built this gigantic structure, people had to wonder what he was doing. They certainly noticed. He couldn't keep it secret. Did he face ridicule? Were people mocking him because he was building this gigantic structure for no apparent good reason? How alone did Noah feel? Think about this for a minute. We're not told how many people were on earth in Noah's day, but to be one of eight, you and your three sons and the four wives, the only people on earth that trusted what God was saying, how difficult that must have been for Noah. And yet in the face of all of that opposition, Noah stood firm. He stood firm because he knew exactly what he was standing on. He was standing on the solid ground of God's promises. And no one knew. No one knew that God would do exactly what he said because he had this gift from God. Those two little words that we are using throughout this sermon series, all by faith. Maybe you've heard this phrase before, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Anything. I'm going to twist that just a little bit. I want to make it a little bit different for our purposes from a spiritual standpoint today. Maybe we could say it this way, if you don't stand on something, you might fall for anything. Today, fears. The fears that the devil is bringing to our lives are our fears of health concerns, fears of what's going on in our society. And when those fears are put to rest, he'll bring some new ones. You see, this side of heaven, that is one of the greatest tools that the devil has to drive fear into hearts of even God's people. To make them think that maybe we're all alone. Maybe we're the only people who really think like this. Maybe we're the only ones who really hold on to those promises. And what he wants to do is create doubt. If he can get us to question that we're the only one, maybe we can start wondering if God really knew what he was talking about. Can we really trust all of God's promises? But just like Noah, we go back to those promises of God, those timeless promises that God has given, that we're his, that we're loved by him in such great measure that he was willing to send his son to die for us. And that's what we stand on. We stand on the firm and certain promises of God. The foundation built on the teachings of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as our chief cornerstone. And when we stand on those promises of God, then the devil's lies are put aside. One last thing that the writer to the Hebrews tells us about Noah is that through this faith, he became an heir. He inherited righteousness. When the Bible uses the word righteousness, it often carries with it this picture of a courtroom scene. Righteousness is a declaration. And so if you picture a court and you picture someone standing on trial, picture the pronouncement of the court to say that the person is innocent, not guilty. That's what righteousness is. It's a right standing. It's being holy before God. And we might think to ourselves, well, Noah was holy because in the face of all of this opposition, he built this amazing structure because God told him. But if you listen closely to the writer to the Hebrews' words, it's actually the exact opposite. First, we're told that Noah had faith. It was by faith that God counted Noah righteous. And it was in that faith that Noah had in God and his promises that Noah then was willing to build the ark. By faith, Noah stood before God, righteous, and by faith, he built that ark to save his family. I can only imagine what it must have felt like for Noah and his family to walk out of that ark. Even though the rains came for 40 days and 40 nights, if you read Genesis 6 through 9, you'll discover that that Noah and his family were on the ark for 375 days before they came off. Can you imagine what that must have felt like to walk on solid ground and to understand what God had done? That through the awful destruction that happened below that ark, Noah and his family were saved just as God had promised. It shouldn't surprise us that one of the very first things that Noah did when he came off the ark was make an altar and make sacrifices to God in thanksgiving for everything that God had done. And then how amazing it must have been for Noah and his family to have God seal a promise to them by means of a rainbow. That never again would God destroy the earth in the way he had done in that flood. You see, Noah understood that God had kept him safe through the entire flood and that he was never alone and that God was guiding he and his family and all believers all the way to eternity in heaven. As we sit here this morning, I think I can say with some confidence that that God is not going to ask you and me to build a three-story structure like an ark. But can we use this metaphorically just for our purposes this morning? That ultimately, God is asking you and leading you to build an ark in your life every single day. You see, the same announcement of judgment that God gave to Noah is an announcement of judgment that he talks about in his word for us, too that a day is coming. A day is coming when Jesus is coming back to this earth. A day is coming when we will face a final judgment. And that can create fear in the hearts of a lot of people. Haven't we seen that in our world in the last three months? The fear that people have of what's going to happen when they die? Isn't that what drives a lot of what's going on in our world? That people just aren't, they aren't certain. They don't know what's going to happen after life in this world. We struggle too, don't we? Those fears come in our lives, our worries, We wonder. But it's God who gives us the faith to overcome those fears. You and I literally build an ark by faith because it's by faith that God saves us in the same way that he saved Noah. Every time you hear God's word, every time we worship together, when you pray, when you meditate on God's word, that ark is being built to save you from the storms of this life to take you to an eternity with your Lord. God promises that that's true through Jesus. Jesus who took our place. Jesus who forgives all of our sins, who washes clean all of those fears, who takes all of those fears away in the promise that our sins are completely gone and our life in heaven with him is certain. Like Noah, we can live lives in this world with complete certainty. Even though we don't see those promises of God, we know that they're going to happen because our God says so. Like Noah, we become preachers of righteousness in this world, don't we? We become a witness to the people around us that there's nothing more important than faith in Jesus and how important that truth is for all people to know. To have that same certainty of where they are going after life in this world. See, that's what God has given you and me through his promises. He's given us direction. We know the answer to the question, what happens? What happens when my life in this world ends? We know because God promises us a life with him and the perfect and eternal joy of heaven. Listen how the Apostle Paul described his confidence in this promise of God in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, the promises of God found in his word provide a solid foundation on which we stand. That's how we overcome fear. By the faith that God gives us and this ark that he's building for us to save us from life in this world for a life with him forever. Number two, we're never alone in this world because God promises he will never leave us. And if God is with us, if God is on our side, then what can anything or anyone in this world do to us? And finally, number three, by faith, we have an inheritance that is out of this world, an eternal life with him. If you catch yourself being bogged down by the things that are going on in the world, the fears that that maybe start to gnaw a little bit at you, look up. Remember God's promise. Remember the inheritance that you have with your Lord forever. An interesting thing about the word ark in the New Testament. The word ark that for Noah's ark and the word ark for the ark of the covenant that piece that was so important to the tabernacle and later the temple is the exact same thing. It's a Greek word that means a wood box. Sort of betrays the significance of those two things, doesn't it, just thinking of them as a wood box? But it wasn't what they were made of that made them so special. It was the purpose for which they were used. In Noah's case, that ark, that wooden box, saved him from destruction, he and his family. And the Ark of the Covenant, that's the place where God dwelled among his people. Do you remember that on the great day of atonement, the priest would go into the most holy place and sprinkle blood on the top of that ark, on the mercy seat, the atonement cover, as a symbol of the forgiveness that is ours through the blood of Jesus? That's the ark that you and I have by faith, too. It's the ark that says, God has done everything necessary for me. And through faith in God's promises, I know that I'm going to be lifted up from this earth to an eternity with him in heaven. You and I stand on something certain and sure, God's own promises. And we know where we're going. We know what our inheritance is. And that makes all the difference. It's what drives out fear through the faith that God has blessed us with. Amen. Peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.